Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode one of Scenes from a Tabletop. I'm your host, Russell, and today we'll be joined by my friend Ethan as we talk about his experience being a game master for the first time, as well as my experience playing a tabletop role-playing game for the first time ever. So, um, I've been, uh, gaming, by that I mean, uh, tabletop RPG gaming for, like, two, two to four months-ish before I decided I want to, I wanted to try GMing, and the main reason I decided to start it was because no one else was really running any games for, like, the past two, three weeks in our, uh, little online group. And we were all getting kind of bored, so I was like, you know what, I may as well do this. And um, we'd been doing a whole lot of Shadowrun, D&D, and Pathfinder. Pathfinder sucks, by the way, at least our games did. Um, And I wanted to try something that was different from those. So I picked Call of Cthulhu, and it's been a freaking blast. It's really fun. So why did I? I know you picked Call of Cthulhu to be a little different, but what? Why did you pick it specifically? I mean, what stuck out to you about it? Well, actually, I had uh, just started reading uh, a book that was a complete collected uh, works of the complete collected works of fiction uh, of H.P. Lovecraft. And so I was pretty pumped about the whole Cthulhu mythos. And I mean, crap like that's always been kind of interesting, and I wanted to know how a horror uh, role-playing game would work out. And I mean, um, one of the guys that had uh, GM'd a whole lot of um, games for our group, uh, he had done a Call of Cthulhu, but it was a one-off. But it was in no way like any Call of Cthulhu, like how Call of Cthulhu actually is, like he used the fate system instead of uh, the character creation system described in the Call of Cthulhu rulebooks. He used a completely different way to roll skills and yeah, so I had one idea of what Call of Cthulhu was and then I started reading the book and I was just like, well shit, this is completely different. So. You mentioned that the character creation system is different, and I don't want to get into like all the details about everything, but I'm interested in, uh, like, basically, what was your experience in the first session you did as a game master? Uh, let's go ahead and include the sessions like where you met with all of the people who were going to play and you helped them roll their characters and everything. What was your experience being the the resident authority, so to speak, on that specific game and being the one that had to help everyone with everything and you got to actually run the game. Well, to be completely honest, uh, resident authority is not the right word. When we started the uh, call to uh, to help everyone with their characters, I had only very briefly taken a look at the character creation part of Call of Cthulhu and I 
didn't understand how skill rolls worked, which is stupid. And I was still trying to figure out sanity, which was also stupid, because those are both pretty dang simple. Um, and so I knew barely more than anyone else, and reading through the crap as I went uh, was how I learned how to do the stuff. Don't tell the rest of the group that. So, uh, let's see. So when you're game, when you're the game master, you have to actually. Uh, uh, with Call of Cthulhu, it's called Keeper. I'll have you know. So, okay, Keeper. When you're the Keeper, you have to roll for monsters. You have to, uh, basically be the enemy. You have to talk for all the NPCs. You have to do all that different stuff. How different is that experience from being a player character in the camp in a campaign? Well, when I'm a player character, I can just kind of, like, get in the zone for my character. Like, my Shadowrun character, Ghost. When I when we're doing Shadowrun, I just have to be Ghost. Uh, but when I'm running Call of Cthulhu, I have to be Carl Stanford. I have to be uh, John Scott. I have to be Maxwell. I have to be that one bartender. And that takes some getting used to, which I'm still in the process of doing. What about combat-wise? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, is the combat any different as being a game master? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is, because you have to do all the keeping up with what order everybody runs in. And I, um, have discovered that even after, like, six turns of combat, nobody will remember what order they attack in. Even if one guy has always, even if, say, Jeffrey has always gone after George, he will never rem just go ahead and start talking like it was his turn right after George finishes, which I kind of wish people would do. That'd take some pressure off of me, but whatever. But, so, um, yeah, it's combat's very different because so many more things. Okay. So specific. Yeah. Um. Oh. I mean, what I, by is... so many more things. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, yeah, that's just fine. Kidding. Go ahead. I don't actually care what you think. Um, but I just mean like you have to work with so you have to control so many more characters. Like there was one combat you weren't there for that session, but they were fighting like six rat men, and it's just. And what's really annoying is the Ratman had a grand total of two attacks each. It was claw and bite. So basically, it was just like, and this one's gonna bite you. And now this one's gonna bite you. And now, hold on to your pants, this one's gonna claw you. So that, if you're doing like a whole bunch of the same enemy, it can be kind of boring to run combat. Because it's just, they're doing the same shit over and over again. So, why don't you go ahead and talk about, let's see, what was one of your favorite things that's happened in the campaign so far? Favorite things that you've got to experience as a game master instead of as a player character? Um, okay, this is the most recent one. Uh, you were here for that one. That was the first one you joined in. Um, they were, uh, the players were exploring this, um, the campaign I'm running, by the way, is called, uh, uh, Sons of, or no, Shadow of Yogg-Sothoth. It's a prefab. 
I didn't feel like coming up with my own story for my very first thing. Yeah, um, so anyone who might be playing that campaign, you might want to not listen to this part, because it might be a spoiler. Yeah, so spoiler alert, spoiler alert real quick. It was the uh, second part of the main story. Um, and so everyone was exploring this uh, organization called the Look to the Future uh, organization. And what they did was they would send Arabian people. I don't know why it had to be Arabian. That's just how they wrote it in. Uh, they would send them in the future uh, with the help of Nyarlathotep in human form. And um, they would come back with, like, pans with Teflon coating and fully automatic assault rifles. And uh, the game took place, takes place in 1920. So none of that crap uh, existed at this point in time. And so um, they were exploring the basement, and there was a power generator... And uh, if they looked inside one of the plate glass windows that it had, um, there was what appeared to be a mass of uh, phosphorescent uh, pulsating tissue that seemed to be pushing pistons and generating electricity. And what that was is it was some uh, Shogoth tissue that they had allowed to grow and it basically was just pumping around, giving the entire facility power. And one of the characters expressed interest in uh, shooting the glass. And so I had everyone besides him run an idea, roll me uh, an idea check, which idea is basically your common sense kind of thing. Um, and they all passed, which was lucky for them. And I basically told them, get out of the building before he shoots the glass. Make an excuse so it doesn't seem suspicious. So they all got out of the building, and he takes one of the uh, guards' assault rifles that they had picked up. They got like 17 of them. It was ridiculous. And um, he opens fire on the plate glass. He fires like two or three shots at it and busts it open. And um, according to the campaign, uh, if the power generator gets destroyed, alarms start sounding off, and there are like six... Um, uh, God, now I can't think of the word. Blast doors, that's what I was thinking of. There are like six blast doors that once the power generator gets destroyed, they slam shut. And so, when that, they slam shut because the uh, Shogoth tissue, once it's free, just expands constantly until it meets an object it can't destroy. So, it would have flooded the entire area, and since the players would have been trapped in the room with it, they would have all been crushed and died. But it still gave the the campaign still gave the Shogoth tissue health. It gave it thirty health, which is a fairly decent amount of health for a Call of Cthulhu enemy. Um, most of the enemies they had fought up to that point had like eleven or twelve health, to give you a reference. And so it starts shooting out at him. He hears the alarms. He hears a uh, metal door sliding and slamming shut. And so his first instinct is to just uh, spray the rest of the clip at the thing and he gets like three critical hits or critical dice rolls which is a one on d100 for call of cthulhu and um what that did is it doubled the amount of damage that he dealt and the assault rifles already do 2d6 plus one damage which is a fuck ton of damage and the thing had 30 health, and he uh, did like 150 damage to it, and just like decimated it. He wasn't supposed to survive, and that was just 
really cool. Now I gotta find up a new creative way to have him killed next session. So for your vengeance, you're just gonna murder him? Yeah, what I'm <laughs> thinking is that um, I'm gonna have him walk down the hallway alone, and he rolls a listen check, and if he succeeds, he'll hear the C4 go off. If he doesn't, <laughs> he just dies. Yeah, so is Call of Cthulhu a game that you regularly have to re-roll characters for? Potentially, yes. Because with the sanity system, you've got your max sanity, which fluctuates a whole lot. Um, and you've got your current, your current sanity, which is like if you've lost sanity, uh, that's how much you have. And that fluctuates even more. Like, just looking at most Cthulhu monsters will reduce your sanity. Casting spells reduces sanity. Seeing people cast spells can reduce your sanity. Killing people in brutal ways can cost you sanity. And the more you learn about like the Cthulhu mythos in-game, the uh, less your maximum sanity is, and therefore the easier it is for you to go insane. So, and if you lose, I think the rulebook suggested like 20% of your insanity all at once um, you go temporarily insane and the GM or keeper takes control of your character for however long he deems fit or until they get medical attention or psycho psychological attention to help them and the characters can go permanently insane too meaning they get institutionalized and you gotta make a new character and, uh, the enemies you um are usually pretty powerful like we've had guys fight wizards that can steal people's lives so it, it's very likely that uh, we're gonna have very few of the original crew still alive by the end of the campaign well that's pretty cool so uh, how would you just in a couple words sum up your experience uh, being the keeper of this Call of Cthulhu campaign so far nerve-wracking but amazing and I say that because I mean like my first I started off with like a one-off uh, adventure or two and I was worried that I wasn't gonna be doing a good job and that no one was gonna enjoy it but they were pretty supportive so it was fun after I discovered that I didn't completely suck at it The first session of tabletop role-playing that I ever did, which was a game of Shadowrun put on by our dear friend Brandon, and uh, you had just sent me a message, uh, a text message, talking about how you were doing this tabletop role-playing thing and how cool it was and how you thought that I should get into the game that you're doing because it's a lot of fun and... Uh, how the people were cool and how you were stuck inside of a building and you fought off all these guys and then you ran out of the building and then one of the guys blew up an entire incinerated an entire city block with magic so um so i applied to the campaign brandon was like sure never done it before so i'll just roll up your character for you um we can show you how to do that later if you want to roll up a new character yada 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 
Um, so he sent me a PDF. I actually have it in front of me because I printed out a copy just because scrolling through PDFs during games are very is annoying. Um, but basically, in this game, I was an elf uh, who his name, no one in the campaign ever actually figured out. He just went by a codename named Shadow. He used dual heavy pistols that he had upgraded pretty well and a vibro sword so he made himself so that he could do both I mean I asked for him so that he could do both and uh, he was basically an infiltrator of type of sorts that's what he was supposed to be at least and he would sneak around and uh, he had a 14 in infiltration so that was pretty good at least I thought when I started so basically for our first session Brandon calls me up he's like hey I'm just gonna have you run through show you how to use the dice system all that cool stuff I got onto roll 20, and uh, that's when uh, Kurt joins the game. Now, you know Kurt. I know Kurt. Kurt is a good friend of ours who lives in Canada and joins hey. the group. <laughs> yeah, Canada. Eh? He joins the group via Skype, and he plays pretty often with us in a bunch of our different campaigns. And uh, so Kurt has a wizard, and uh, in the scenario, we're in the Black Rose, which is a hub for runners in... Uh, Brandon's world and so what we do is we end up going we walk over uh, to the owner of the club Riza we walk into her office and um, we just start talking with her she's like I've got something for you to do since you're new uh, which is gonna test you out you need to go to this base with uh, Kurt I forgot what Kurt's character's name was because he changed it but I'll just go with the his most recent one which is Ishmael He's like, uh, Shadow, you're going to go with Ishmael. You're going to go and uh, clear out this base from these thugs called the Halloweeners. And uh, so I'm like, sweet, we're going to try this out. So we go to the base. It's raining and everything. Uh, so you get bonuses to everything stealthy. So we try to be stealthy as possible at first. So what we did is uh, there were two guards out front. And I roll stealth. I did really well on my roll. I don't recall exactly what I got, but I did pretty well on my roll. And uh, so I just sneak up behind the two guys and pop them both with my silenced pistols. There go those guards. Now we noticed that there was a guard on the roof. So while I was doing that, I didn't know this. Kurt levitated up to the top and took out the guy with a stun bolt as soon as he could. So we had all of the guards in the area eliminated. What we didn't know is uh, that there was... Wait, no, no, no. We, we just eliminated the guards and then we were good. So I climbed up on the roof to join Kurt. And I used my x-ray goggles, because I had x-ray on the goggles, I think. I think I have x-ray on the goggles. Um, something like that. Or Kurt used Sense, or something like that. Yeah, I used my thermographic to see through. But, um, something like that. We saw through the roof, and we could see that everyone that we were after, especially the boss, was right below us. So Kurt, or I, pl I used my explosive rounds. No, I'm trying to remember. Uh... No, that's wrong. Kurt exploded the roof. Like, he blew in a portion of the roof. Now, I don't remember if, if I've told you this, Ethan, but Kurt exploded a portion of the roof, and it collapsed, and we crushed, like, six of the 15 Halloweeners under the roof immediately, Yay. so we didn't have to worry about six of them. But then uh, we dropped down. This was my first taste of actual combat, because, you know, I had just taken out two guys stealthily. Uh, so... We dropped down, and we had an attack of... Basically, it's not an attack of opportunity in Shadowrun, but we got to go first because it was 
because uh, we had higher initiative. Because in Shadowrun, you don't get attacks of opportunity for attacking first or attacking by surprise. At least, that's not how Brandon did it. I don't know if that's actually how it works. Um, but it just happened that me and Kurt rolled really well on our initiative. Um, so we got we got to go first. And so I just pulled out my, my two, uh, my two Sal Savalette Guardians. And uh, I just pulled them out and I rolled critical, took out two, took out, uh, two guys immediately because since I was dual wielding, or no, four guys, because since I'm dual wielding and I had, uh, what skill was it or what, uh, I had some sort of modification or something, smart gun system, I think, and it let me fire or something like that. And it let me fire twice with my, uh, with both pistols. So I took out four guys immediately. There was like 15 or 20 guys down there. And then Kurt like did some sort of, he did stun bolt on two. Cause I don't think that Ishmael wanted to kill people. I think Ishmael was more of a, let's keep this as, uh, unlethal as possible. So, uh, Kurt took out like two guys immediately. We, uh, so we spend like 15 minutes. We just clear out the entire base. I don't think I took any physical damage at all. Uh, and then Kurt, I don't remember what exactly happened with Kurt, but Kurt didn't take any damage either as far as I can remember. Or we took, or he took so little that it was not really anything worth worrying about. And then, um, after that, we cleared it out. We were like, okay, so we have everyone. We check the bodies for to find the boss because we need to find the boss because that's who we were sent to go. Or we were sent to take out the operation, but taking out the boss is like cutting the head off the snake, you know. So we go and we uh, we look for the boss. Turns out he's not there, and there are no cameras, so we can't see where he went. So we just sadly, because we didn't get to kill, we didn't get to fight the boss guy. We trudge back to Riza, and she's like, "Don't worry, you took out." She was very encouraging, and she's like, "Yeah, don't worry, you took every, you took them all out. Uh, they're not going to be a problem anymore." And that's when Knight shows up. Now, Knight, as Ethan knows him, uh, was played by Gavin, and Knight's Knight was just his code name. Now, his actual name was uh, Gavin Belmont, and he was basically like a future version version of the Belmonts from like, you know, Dracula and everything that would Castlevania. Yeah, from Castlevania. Castlevania. Yes, you Castlevania. You're right, you're right. Basically he was Simon Belmont from Castlevania. And uh he had a microfiber whip that could take down walls if he tried. And so we get there, I'm like hanging out with Ishmael and uh and Simon and we're just uh we're just chilling and then all of a sudden this guy comes in now this guy was a guy from gavin's past and at this point kurt had to leave kurt had to get off and go to bed because it was late so uh it's just me and gavin and this this uh this thug comes in and he like he worked for aries core aries corporation and uh that's where gavin used to work or i think so yeah Gavin used to work for them or Lone Star. I don't quite remember. He hasn't played in a while. So, um, this guy, like, this guy's itching for a fight. So, Gavin and I are just standing there, minding our own business. Guy comes up. 
he challenges Gavin to a to a fight out front, out back. And this guy has like dual vibro swords or something. He's like really, really freaking cool. But Gavin's just got his whip. And I'm like, I'm friends with Gavin. So I get really ticked when this guy threatens Gavin and I kind of step up. I'm like, if you deal, if you fight him, you're gonna have to fight me too. And Gavin being the, the ever nobleman that he was, he would, uh, he just told me, he's like, back off, I got this. And he disarms the guy immediately with his whip. Do you know how hard that is in Shadowrun? Because in Shadowrun, you have to, uh, you roll your dice, but you have to get a success. You have to roll higher than a six. And he was rolling, he was, I mean, he was rolling a sizable amount of dice, but you, I mean, you have a 50% chance if you're only rolling, rolling one dice. You have a 50% chance for every dice that you roll. And, um, so he disarms the guy. He like whips, he takes one, uh, takes one sword out of the guy's hand. And then, uh, he has an electro baton and he knocks the guy's baton or the knock, knocks the guy's sword out. And then he just kind of ties up the guy and then he calls the contact that he's got and uh, the guy gets sent to Venezuela for the rest of his life. So, uh, that was my first campaign, and that's really, it was so much fun that that's really why I got into tabletop gaming. Um, I mean, shooting gangsters and uh, duels with whips and swords. I mean, I know that's not all gaming, but that was one of the things that I really liked about Shadowrun was the fact that it mixed the fantasy elements with the, uh, with the futuristic elements and stuff. So, I mean, that's really all I've got about the campaign, unless you wanted to ask questions, Ethan, or whatever. Like, I asked you questions. Well, I'm sorry that I don't have any questions for you, man. God, just calm down. Well, that's fine. Um, and we're almost at 30 minutes, so we probably want to go ahead and wrap it up. So, thank you guys for listening to the scenes from a tabletop podcast uh basically the way that we're going to be planning on doing it is we're just going to tell like one or two stories of our experience from doing gaming and such uh, from doing tabletop gaming and such so if you guys liked it please let us know in comments or whatever way that wherever i post this wherever you guys can uh leave us comments or whatever um so that's it for me. Ethan, do you have anything that you want to say to the people that are listening before we call it a day? Uh, not really. But uh, if you're listening, we appreciate it. And that instantly makes you like 300% more kick-ass. Yeah, that's what he said. All right, so thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.